Before we dive into today's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this content is intended for general purposes only and should not be used to substitute professional medical advice. Always seek the advice of your medical service practitioner based on your unique needs. Hi, this is Kelly, your nutritional nerd, bringing you the health news you want to hear for the week of July 26th, 2021. Thank you so much for joining me today. Couple of quick questions for you. Are you dealing with a foggy memory? What about neurofatigue? Are you looking for a way to improve your brain health? Well, if so, you've come to the right place. Today, I am going to introduce you to the Grain Brain Diet, including everything you need to know. Now, you might have already heard about this diet, but I want to dive into it a little bit more to provide some more information for you about the Grain Brain Diet and let you know that it is a long-term solution that's all natural, making it a much better choice than any pill or strange quick fix that offers instant results. And this particular diet is a way that helps you heal the brain and the body. And so for many, the guidelines laid out for this diet are exactly what they need. And the good news is that you don't need any special tools or supplements to get started. Well, let's dive right in. What exactly is the Grain Brain Diet? And where have you heard of this before? Well, the Grain Brain Diet came about with the introduction of a book called Grain Brain by Dr. David Perlmutter. He developed the idea after coming to a realization about brain dysfunction and the effects of carbohydrates on the brain. Now, Dr. Perlmutter claims that brain dysfunction is no different than heart dysfunction. He says that the, the signs and symptoms of brain dysfunction build up over time as we perform certain behaviors and adopt certain habits. And there's a few other things that he discovered too, that there is a positive correlation between high carb, low fat diets and inflammation on basically that just means that people who tend to eat higher carb, low fat diets have greater levels of inflammation in their body and brain. He discovered that gluten is a dangerous substance and it is not the same as in the grains that uh, humans used to eat, that gluten sensitivity correlates to neurological dysfunction, that low carb diets are generally healthier because high levels of carbs can lead to high levels levels of glucose and then insulin resistance. And if you've been following my uh, podcast or channel for a while, then you may realize I've talked about this quite a bit Maintaining level or steady blood sugar levels is very important for optimal brain health because those blood sugar highs and lows are toxic to the brain. Your brain finds those things uh, toxic. So making sure that we don't have those high levels of glucose um, rises and falls in your blood sugar levels is much healthier for your overall health, including the health of your brain. So even if you just take one thing away 
uh, from today's podcast. Make it this one, that you want to make sure your blood sugar levels stay balanced as much as possible. All right. Other things that Dr. Perlmutter discovered when he was doing research for his book was that long-term exposure to high glucose, uh, which often happens when you eat a lot of carbohydrates, can cause the protein in your body to become destroyed. He realized as well that unprocessed fats and cholesterol are actually good for us and that cholesterol can protect the brain. And this one is of uh, great interest to me, or what I think is um, quite starking, is that there is a correlation between a larger waist size and a smaller memory center. So basically, the larger a person's waist size is, the smaller and smaller their memory center gets. Well, all of this information led Dr. Perlmutter to develop the diet known as the green brain diet. Well, who should eat this diet or who should give it a try? Well, interestingly enough, this is not just for um, people interested in improving their brain health. This diet is good for all people, regardless of their age. In fact, it's even safe for women who plan to become pregnant or who are already pregnant. Now, Dr. Perlmutter suggests that people try the diet for four weeks, and along with it, he recommends following a proper fitness routine, getting enough sleep, and taking the right supplements. And this will give you a really good idea of how that diet can help your brain for the better. Now, this diet, along with the other lifestyle recommendations, will help your body shift away from relying on carbohydrates as a primary source of fuel. And he recommends sticking to a 90-10 rule. That means that you want to eat according to the guidelines of this uh, grain brain diet about 90% of the time. The other 10%, you can follow your cravings and, and other wants or desires. But it's essential to recognize that one little slip doesn't define your entire diet. It's okay to restart again the next day as long as you keep trying. Well, how does this work? Before starting the grain brain diet, there's an optional fasting period. Many of the people who opt to perform the fast do so on a Sunday so that they can start the diet on a Monday. Now, if you do decide to fast, make sure that you're avoiding food for the entire 24-hour period. You should also be avoiding any sources of caffeine during this fast, but definitely drink plenty of water. Now, throughout your time on the grain brain diet, you can return to that fasting period whenever you want. And those fasts can last anywhere from 24 to 72 hours, whatever works best for you. But you should, you should repeatedly fast only with the guidelines of your physician. Now, Dr. Perlmutter suggests that followers of the diet perform a fast four times a year, which is a good thing to keep in mind when the changes of the seasons come around. It's kind of a way of saying, oh, all right, spring is here. Now it's time for me to do a fast. But that being said, not everyone will do well at fasting, even for 24 hours. So if you happen to be malnourished, extremely underweight, if you struggle with an underlying medical condition or eating disorder, or you have absorption issues, then fasting may not be suitable 
for you. If you do decide to see if the green brain diet may benefit your brain, let's go through some general guidelines of, of what it could look like for you. Well, there are a list of foods that you can eat in abundance healthy, delicious, nutritious, whole foods uh, that you can eat liberally on this diet. And these are the foods that you want to eat most often. It's also important to make local organic choices when you can, because the fresher the ingredients, the better. Well, what are those whole foods that you can eat whenever you want or whenever you're feeling hungry? Well, here are um, a rundown of some of them. Healthy fats, including coconut oil, organic grass-fed butter, different cheeses, avocados, olives, raw nuts, nut butters, chia seeds, and different things like that. Proteins should also be a large component of this um, eating plan, including whole eggs, wild fish, shellfish, pasture-raised poultry or pork, and grass-fed meats, including wild game. Of course, vegetables will also be part of this eating plan, and they include any type of greens, bell peppers, zucchini, eggplant, along with other low um, starchy, high fiber vegetables. <clears throat> low sugar fruits like lemons and limes can be included, as well as any types of herbs and seasonings you wish. Some condiments are allowed, lots of water, and other drinks like tea, coffee, and almond milk. Now to avoid, um, well, to, to really try to stick to this eating plan for those four weeks, you really want to try to avoid eating out at least for the first three weeks of the program. Plan your meals throughout the week to make sure that you can stick to the diet and that will help you get the dietary rules down. Now, when you do start eating out again, don't be afraid to ask questions at different restaurants. Get details about the ingredients used in any dish from the waiter, waitress, chef, or another staff member. And even better, create your own meal by picking and choosing different foods that they happen to offer, like uh, ask for a large salad with lemon and olive oil on the side with a piece of grilled chicken or fish. And that would be the basis of your meal. <clears throat> All right, moving on. Now there are other um, excellent, delicious, nutrient-dense foods that you can eat, but in smaller amounts or in moderation. You can even eat them daily if you wish. Some of these foods include different kinds of vegetables that happen to have a moderately high starch content, like carrots and parsnips. Milk products would fall into this category, full-fat cow's milk, cottage cheese, yogurt, cream, and buttermilk. You can have those a little bit at a time. Legumes, like beans, lentils, and peas. There are certain non-gluten-containing grains, like rice, quinoa, corn, millet, buckwheat, and so on. Different sweeteners, like natural stevia. Treats like dark chocolate that's at least 75% raw cacao powder. And whole sweet fruits like berries, apples, cherries, grapes, kiwi, various melons, bananas, and so on. And you can even in moderation have the occasional glass of wine, preferably red. You shouldn't feel any shame when you eat any of these foods, but do be careful to limit yourself with how much you consume. All right, next are the things to avoid. Now, 
there are foods that you should avoid altogether. Like we mentioned earlier, try to follow the 90-10 rule, but these are the foods that you should avoid during the 90% of the time that you're following the diets pretty strictly. Um, of course, I would also recommend that anyone at any time would do well to avoid all of these foods most of the time, or whether you're trying to follow the grain brain diet or not. But they include foods that contain gluten. They also um, contain processed gluten-free foods. So this is important because just because uh, food is labeled as gluten-free, that does not mean it's healthy. It can still be highly processed and include lots of um, sugars or unhealthy commercial vegetable oils or um, additives and preservatives and so on. <clears throat> so be careful. Foods labeled as gluten-free, um, some of them are fine, but you do want to check the information or the nutritional label before purchasing or trying some of those foods. Other things that you want to try to avoid most of the time are starchy, high starchy vegetables like corn and potatoes. Sweet potatoes and yams are in that list as well, but due to their higher nutritional uh, value and content, these can be something that um, you can eat once in a while, maybe once a week or so. Other things you want to try to avoid, avoid are non-fermented soy products. Any type of fruit product that has high sugar levels, and basically this just boils down to fruit juices as well as dried fruit. Those are things that you want to try to avoid because of their high sugar content. Definitely fried foods or deep fried foods. Processed fats and oils like commercial vegetable oils, canola, safflower, sunflower, corn oil. Um, and also fat-free and low-fat foods are other things that you would like to try to avoid. And this could be an, raise an interesting question or point because most people, when they try to eat healthier, they think that a fat-free option or a low-fat option is often a better choice. Well, it's it actually, sometimes it can be, but sometimes it's not because many times to make a fat-free food palatable, um, manufacturers often add a lot of sugars as well as more additives and preservatives in order to keep it shelf-stable. So, just be aware that fat-free as well doesn't necessarily mean healthy. And remember, cholesterol can be brain protective. So choosing the right kinds of fats is important. We don't want to stay away from fat altogether. We want to make sure that we're choosing the right healthy fats for us. Other things to be avoided, and this is another big one, are processed carbohydrates, which is basically any kind of white flour product, muffins, cookies, cakes, etc. Uh, white refined sugar, um, and that is in a lot of different foods. So trying to stick to a whole foods diet is one way of trying to get around avoiding a lot of sugar. Then you know what kinds of things are in the foods that you're eating. All right, and some of these foods I do realize might be difficult to avoid, but trying while you stick to mostly whole foods is an integral part to bolstering brain health. The more you focus on the foods you can consume freely, the sooner you'll start feeling better, and that means you'll be more likely to stick to the foods that continue to serve your best health, leaving processed foods 
and sugars behind for good. The grain brain diet is an important diet when it comes to supporting brain health and reversing past damage. And just like Dr. Perlmutter suggests, you should try the diet for four weeks at first, see if it might be right for you. And then from there, you can decide whether or not you want to continue. Now, if you'd like support with your nutritional choices, contact me today, whether you're starting the grain brain diet or not, I'd be happy to help. As always, I welcome your thoughts and value your feedback. So please let me know what you think, or if you've tried the grain brain diet by dropping me a line or commenting on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Stay well.